0: Okay, we will rahim alhamdulillah. to get the same thing. We wa be able to get the same thing. wa wa get get um, yeah, where are we? Shaz? Ah, uh, yeah. So, on the sixth, on the beginning of the seventh line, wayab upsuk sala, his an yesarihi wafil masjidi fee so behi. What to send no sola to ila ka imatin ka rahil? Fa ilam yajid shahisan fa ila khotin. That's good enough. Um, one is allowed to spit to his left side or into his cloth. If in the mosque, it is the sunnah to pray towards an upright sutra, the size of a saddle. But if you can't find anything solid, then he uses a line, all right? So inshallah, today I'm hoping to clock the chapter of uh, the sutra, all right? That's like the the, the plan anyway, all right? Um, But we start where, because we left in the middle because it was getting long, the potential difficulties in understanding the the issue of um, uh, the uh, spitting. So we were were discussing the fact that the Prophet ﷺ told us it's not allowed to spit in front of you because Allah is in front of you and how do we understand that? And then we're now talking about left and right and how do we understand that? So he said, okay, uh, yeah, so I think we've, we, yeah, we've dealt with the problem the problem of spitting in front of you all right. And what does that mean with respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When he is above his arsh in a, in a manner that befits his majesty And then how he's in front as well And we said that that's not our problem We don't understand that, we're limited And we should just accept some things we don't appreciate and, and we also said that even you can actually possibly even put an explanation forward And it's not so mad either you know, and we gave the example of the sun That is up there, but it's still here And it, we feel its effect and So, no major And then we had a little discussion about um, You know, how that's an important principle of Ahl sunnah That uh, taslim, basically To submit to the text, alright And this submission to the text As I said, is something which is a very important principle Just generally for Ahl sunnah But even more so for today's generation In everything they come across Because there are more doubts being put forward today Than any other time in history And there's you know historically we've not been a minority before historically our minority uh in spain and so on and so forth was minimal and um in terms of time we kind of you know took over quite quickly so we became the majority we didn't really kind of uh have this idea of how can i say Large communities of Muslims living under non Muslim rule for any kind of real long, you know, long length of time. Um, And in the last few hundred years, obviously, that's happened. Um, And so, therefore, doubts and questions and issues have really started to come to the fore. All right. And so, it is important to have scholars that understand, and we have a a rich uh, history of refutation, as I spoke about. We've never shied away. From the kuffar and all of their arguments um and their ideas and so on because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself deals with the shubuhat and the shahawat the doubts and the desires of the kuffar yani on a case-by-case basis and so we have a, a methodology uh, but ultimately the methodology is always going to uh, uh end in its perfection with trusting allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his wisdom all right so the shi- so that the first problem was the issue of Allah housing in front of you. The second problem, Thani, hadith, this is at the bottom of 271 of al he says, that the idea that you spit to your left when you're outside, okay, of course it's not in a masjid. The Prophet said that you do that, spit to your left, if you need to spit, in the prayer. By the way, side point, that also is an indication, a soft indication that spittle, right, and uh, phlegm which is deeper from the chest and has mucus and so on and so forth. Some scholars did consider that uh, the swallowing of phlegm is something which breaks the prayer, meaning it's seen as food, right, like eating and drinking, coming under that category. Normal spittle that gathers in the mouth is not that. Normal spittle in the mouth, which is part of salivation, and just you know being swallowed is not the swallowing of of eating and drinking however coughing up and so on that is what is being intended uh when it comes to this now we're going to speak about actual proper phlegm when someone's got a really bad infection what's going on later for now just understand that there is an absolute definite need to spit just think of it like that what happens if you're outside we know that you spit to your left hand side uh, why not to the right? The Prophet ﷺ said because there's an angel on the right-hand side. That's the hadith. Problem with the hadith is that there's an angel on our left-hand side as well. Okay? That's yani, what the sheikh is trying to deal with now. Um, because Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says in Surah al Qa'id, that there is a on the, uh, uh, the, on the right and on the left is a Yani someone waiting, someone sitting. So this is an angel. This is an angel. Yani you get different angels, qualities of angels. You have two angels on the right and on the left. Um, so we can say, first of all, uh, in response to this, that the it doesn't have to be spitting right? You could like take out that clause, uh, or no, not take out that clause. Avoid that problem theoretically and say that. There is another way the Prophet ﷺ said "Oh, يفعلوا هكذا, That, Or he does this So he, he, he said he either spits to his left Or he does this So it's not like the Prophet ﷺ is full on saying spit to the left This is what Shaykh Uthameen is saying He's saying that with the fact that you are meant to um, uh, 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 Then he, 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 he actually did this uh, <laughs> The uh, irony of me wearing this but the point is, is that he said that spit to, his, spit to your left or do this. And he got his he actually didn't get this. But, you know, the, the, as I said before, two sheets was a, was, a, was a luxury when it comes to the clothes of the companions. And so the rida at the top is like a loose, like loose cloth. And uh, it, it, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter actually what he got, but that he, that's what he took. He took the top. But if you got a scarf and the Saudis, for example, in Saudi culture or in Arab culture, where they are into a lot of this spitting, it refers to the shemagh, okay, or any kind of cloth. And he took the left one, وأخذ طَرَفَ فبزق فيه, and he spat into his uh, right, uh, into his uh, cloth, ورد بعض بعض, and then he put it together like this and he folded it so that it could not be seen. So basically, the sheikh is saying that. In this scenario, you didn't spit at the front, didn't spit at the right, spit not spit and left, you spat into basically your handkerchief, is what's basically being said. Because pockets were also not a big thing. Why are pockets not a big thing? Because a pocket is an excess cloth. To have a pocket, you need obviously a double cloth behind it to actually hold it. So pockets were not a big thing. So in our time with pockets and tissues and all the rest of it, that in modern times basically means that you cough and you spit into your handkerchief or your tissue, all right? And you just take it out, cough, fold it up, put it into your pocket yep. The other way of dealing with this If you want to get round the hadith if you like Is that the Prophet ﷺ did in another hadith Said but spit وَلَكِنْ عَنْ يَسَارِهِ أَوْ تَحْتَ قَدْمِهِ So if you, if you uh, spit then spit to your left Or spit underneath your left foot So the idea is to then to spit down if there's something that has to be spat again obviously outside, and then you bury it effectively like you would like stubbing out like a cigarette whatever, all right, and uh, under your left foot. This hadith is narrated by Imam Al Bukhari in Sahih Bukhari in the chapter of the prayer, uh, in the chapter of do not spit to the right in your prayer. Hadith number four hundred and ten, and. Uh, It is narrated by Imam Muslim in the book of Masajid Subchapter, the chapter of the prohibition of spitting in the Masjid Which is again a proof that it's not allowed to do this in the Masjid Because you might say, well hold on, in the Masjid uh, that's fine because it's made of uh, earth or whatever And you know, uh, spit going back to earth is no problem, neither here nor there And as we said before, this is not about that, this is about the sanctity of the Masjid None of us obviously would imagine ever doing that But uh, it's not allowed, obviously, to do this in the masjid. Um, The hadith, to remember that, I I, I, I stated this last week, is that Nabi ﷺ said, Al-Bussak fil-masjid khati'ah, to spit in the mosque is a sin. Khati'ah in Arabic means a mistake. And I don't really know what the best English word to use here is. But I don't think it's a major. It's like a serious mistake. Maybe a serious mistake. Or negligence. I want I want to use a serious word, but it's got to be soft enough because the Prophet then followed this statement by saying, that its expiation is to bury it. Right? Which is a minor really when you think about it. So if you did it, you probably wanted to do that anyway. So burying it here does not mean the pound into the ground with the left foot idea but that you literally dig it up so that it's not even in the mindset of a person. Yeah? That completely gone, disappeared. So that's why I'm kind of reticent to translate it as sin. But, I, I, you know, serious mistake. All right? This hadith is also narrated by Imam al-Bukhari in the chapter of the prayer and the, the, in the book of the prayer chapter, the expiation for spitting in the masjid. Hadith number 415. So clearly, that's the... Also, the Sheikh did say... Um, um, that the spitting uh, So not, are you, not only are you not allowed to spit Underneath your foot in the masjid But also you're not allowed to spit on your left Unless you're allowed, you, you are able to spit Outside the masjid Now that's very possible by the way All right. Obviously we don't have masajid Which are open But the Muslim world has lots of these kind of masajid Like in Africa for example I don't know about the majority But certainly where the majority of the Muslims pray they are open. They're like a kind of like a just four tent kind of structure and a small kind of, uh, you know, three, four brick kind of wall. And you could just literally spit outside and that's it. There's no major issue. Aji, assalamu <laughs> Alaikum. Are you going tomorrow, You know the deal, yeah? Yeah. You know what the deal is? Is he some good over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, don't no worry. Zakalafi. <laughs> Zakalafi. 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 Haji Abdul Haqq is going for Umrah. May Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala take him safely, bring him back, and accept his Umrah and his dua. Allahumma ameen. So, uh, yeah, so it's possible. So the so it's not actually this, the the action of spitting which is impermissible. It is the spit itself which is impermissible So it is permissible to spit Obviously you'd have to be on the left hand side Don't spit next guy's face Yani. All right. But if you're on the left hand side You can spit out if you need to That's something which is permissible Anyway, Sheikh said um, uh, Whatever happens You're going to spit There's going to be a little bit of movement But this is okay Because this is one of the reasons that movement is allowed If you need to spit Then there's going to need you know, to. Uh, he's saying that this is also one of the proofs That you can move if you're being told that you can spit to your left, not to your right, not to the front, by default, that means a significant turn from straight and right. So there is some kind of, you know, it's not exactly just center of left, it's left. So there does need to be this kind of movement or this kind of movement, which again shows that if you're not gonna spit at all, and then, you know, which a lot of people get, you know, think is a lot of movement, putting your hand in your pocket, pulling out a handkerchief, and looking at this is nothing. You should feel very comfortable doing that kind of movement in the prayer. It's very much a prayer movement as well. Someone who you know very, you know, uh, very uh, assuredly uh, enters, picks up, sneezes, and then puts it back. This is exactly what we expect a person to do in the prayer. What we don't want, and this is you know the other day, like we said, we want people to have confidence that their phone is ringing. Pick up the phone, turn it, pick it up, uh, put it off or cancel it or whatever, and put it nice, solid smooth movements and not all the stress and whatever Um, doing the other things is more harmful to their prayer and our prayer as well anyway the other thing um, Sheikh Uthameen he mentions a nice point he goes and if we're not going to go with this and we're going to stick to the whole argument that you know there's an angel on the right so why are we kind of you know disrespecting the angel on the left Sheikh says also it can be argued that they're not of the same level so the angel on the right is not the same as the angel on the left because there are some aathar And you can see You know when uh, a scholar says that all right, you indic- It's a clear indication to you That the game is not a clear one But it's, it's not, a, it's not a, the most devastating of proofs yeah, and He's speaking in a general way a all right? um, uh, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There are some narrations out there That Allah has given authority to the right angel To the angel on the right Over the angel on the left Like he's controlled Now the most famous Of these narrations The most famous Is um, uh, All of them to be honest Are a version of what I'm about to say now Which is That the um, As narrated by Imam Al-Bayhaqi In a shu'ab And although Sheikh Uthameen here says This narration is daif and, um, But what does he say he says that in this particular narration well. Thank you Salam. Why? Is, is, uh, 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 a Poland offering discount or something? They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have no doubt <laughs> This is Asl Mal, yeah, by the way Nestle Nestle Mal, yeah? Yeah, yeah? But man, this is a rock, yeah, so you're wasting your time I didn't bring it to you. Oh, shut up, man <laughs> <laughs> What are you hating for? Chocolate biscuit. So um, this hadith and all of its versions say effectively the same thing, that the angel on the right always says that the angel on the left wait, 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 as it wants to write down the sin. So the person sins, and you know it's done. The sinning is done, and the angel wants to record it Because everything is recorded Kiram and Katibin they, they write everything down And you know And it, we're not even talking doing yani the, the angel on the right hand side If you've got good intention to do something That's written down Which is why you always have good intention Right um, On the left You've done the sin He says wait La'allahu <speaking in foreign> La'allahu <language> yani, it's very possible that he's going to make tawbah It's very possible he's going to make tawbah I remember of course in our deen Tawbah is the greatest thing that anyone can ever do. And the Prophet ﷺ said The one who makes Tawbah from a sin is like the one who has got no sin. So if we're going to take this Hadith, which is a very authentic Hadith, and we're going to understand the concept of Tawbah, which is very clearly understood that it's the greatest of all actions, then these other weak narrations that are going into details of how it might happen in terms of angel interaction, although they are weak in their wording, their meaning, inshallah, is correct. So there does seem to be some kind of hierarchy of some kind of nature where the one on the right is controlling the one on the left. All right? Um, So Sheikh Uhtamin, he... he, uh, and in this particular narration إنتظر لعله يتوب فَلَا تَكْتُبْ عَلَيْهِ Just wait Maybe he's about to make repentance Don't write it down against him Don't write it down against him Sheikh says If this أثر is actually sahih, Clear proof that he doesn't think it is By the way Okay Then the answer is clear We have a, a, a more respected More important leader on the right he goes but there's there's no doubt that even if this is not authentic that the one is on the right is going to be uh, better than on the left writing good things writing bad things general principle of the uh, tm the, the 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 right always being better than left etc so it just generally it's a it's a it's a good game but of course all of them are uh they're all ennobled uh ennobled uh messengers as allah says in surah Al-Infitar. Verse 10 and 11 And indeed there are upon you Those who preserve noble scribes Alright Let's talk about this next statement If you are in the masjid Then do it in your thobe. Your thobe here means your garment Your garment here means anything today Then there's no such thing as tissues And scarves And X and Y Whatever scarf yani may be in the amama But yani basically Today this is referring into a tissue Or in a handkerchief Alright um, and this is specifically for the masjid Because it is, it is a serious uh, sin or mistake Serious thingy To, 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 uh, uh, to spit into the masjid all right? So you don't spit to the left You don't spit underneath You don't do anything else Shaykh Uthamin likes makes a nice point as well He said, by the way When we think about this hadith That if you do spit in the mosque Then to bury it is its kafara To make it disappear completely is its kafara He says that this is an indication of the importance of the maru'ah and adab in Islam. Now maru'ah, I don't know whether that's the right word here. Maru'ah means chivalry, okay? Or what we used to call uh, a couple of years ago, what was it called? Manliness, maybe? Yeah, manliness. Manliness? What's a kind of cool word that was going around for that kind of male grooming stuff? What was it? Manliness. Maybe it's manliness, yeah So that's more kind of manliness I'm not really, I don't think that's the right word But adab definitely And what he's basically talking about is that um, It's very important that this hadith is a proof That we've got to take things which look bad seriously Now, there's an idea out there that, you know Muslims should all be rough and ready And, you know, uh, be prepared for everything And not be too sensitive And not be a snowflake And, you know, and not be millennials, yeah So the idea is, is that you've got to actually be um you know you can be rough as, as anything but the truth is is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is taking this very seriously he didn't want even the appearance of spittle to be in the masjid and shaykh uthameen then continues that when the prophet ﷺ would have marital relations he would not allow for example uh, bodily fluids and things like that to be seen to be cut to to be even seen by the wasallam or his wives um and it, uh, also Stains and things like that They were, they were to be removed And uh, the general cleaning of the masjid And so on and so forth And, and so the Prophet ﷺ Has made it yani, a clear point Al-qadra al- Al-wasakh yani, All of these things that, that put people off So then Sheikh then speaks about How important it is actually Which I, I found uh, interesting um, That a man looks after himself A, a, man, by that, a man and woman He goes that uh, Some of the ulama they said, He goes, it's a must that people look in a mirror. You should use your mirror at home. He goes, it's a, it's a must. Which I like that. Okay. He goes, he goes <laughs> Honestly, man, he goes, I don't know. I don't know if any of us actually look in the mirror or not. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, Clearly, there are people who go to an extreme in this and they are looking in it day and night, every second. All right. And this is Israf. Okay, because it's a israf of time, all right? Time is of course as valuable as money. And there are others, yeah, and he goes, don't even recognize what a mirror is. And they just, yeah, and he think that, you know, you should just carry on and whatever. Now, obviously that does not exist in the West. In the West, people just spend their day and night just looking in the mirror. And in the East, in the villages and so on and so forth, they'll go, you know, weeks, like genuinely. You know, they discover, go, all oh, right, They'll see a reflection and say, that's interesting, yeah. So there's, there's got to be a balance And then from there on He then says for example And he gave the example of a nosebleed uh, And the drops of blood And you need to be aware of these things And you know people get put off when they see things like that The Prophet was very very, clear, uh, very careful about blood The appearance of blood And the uh, uh, You know what, 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 it may, what leads other people to think Alright um, and so therefore, not only, so, so the lesson that we should take from this is not only should we be very careful about personal hygiene and how we look in terms of grooming, but also if you have companions and friends, you know that in this uh, country, I don't know about this country, but certainly in many cultures, there's a big thing now where it's embarrassing to tell your friend that you know, he has some mucus or he has some, I don't know, whatever in the eye or something which is not nice because you feel embarrassed to tell that person that, what will they think and so on. So it's clear from an Islamic adab point of view that that cannot be considered. If it's something that you know that your brother or sister would not want them to be you know, seen with, then you should definitely tell them. And you should definitely inform them of that. That's the actual adab, not the adab of I'm not going to embarrass him. You know what I'm trying to say? It's far more embarrassing that in the public they carry on. So that's, I think, a nice point that he makes. All right. The next... Uh, yeah, a hadith. We're going to come to that later because it's actually a large... Uh, topic and we're not just talking about spit you see uh, spit is something which uh, saliva or spit or spittle spittle is that a medical uh, phrase no I mean is spittle a a cultural phrase or is it an actual dentist. (laughs) dentist is asleep Yeah, Bendu, what's the question? No what question <laughs> <laughs> Spit. <Spitalite. Spitalite. laughs> <laughs> don't destroy no dusts. Listen, tell me, uh, is, is, is spital a real word, or is it uh, saliva? No, I don't. <laughs> blind leading the blind. That's the problem. So anyway, the point is, is that um, saliva is being swallowed all the time. Okay, you're gonna have some input on that, at least. Okay. You had to go to Google that. You're a dentist. You spend your whole life looking in people's mouths, and you can't work out whether a spittle maybe is being swallowed all the time. Your absolute is saliva, it? <laughs> so maybe you're absolute flipping. You right? <laughs> is, is, is that is that is that is that is that what it is? Like spittle is the original word. Maybe, yeah. mm. Spittle. Anyway, the point is is that. When we're talking about this, this is not spittle. This is my point because that's always being swallowed. Whether you're aware of it, not aware of it, it's always going down, something going down, yeah? The point I'm talking about is that which you are bringing up from the chest, okay, which is mucus and phlegm and so on, and it's not originating in the mouth, and then swallowing it. So up from the, uh, the, the bronchioles or wherever they're living, and then down to the esophagus and into your intestine. So that's, yani, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. this has got not, nothing to do with spit, all right? We mustn't, we mustn't, yeah, be so uh, unscientific to define spit as phlegm. Phlegm is what from the chest, right? Phlegm is never in the mouth, yeah. Not, not originating from the chest. Originating from the chest, yeah. Okay, all right. So um, the next then part is what to send more Mm, this is what I want to clock today, all right? It is a sunnah to pray towards a sutra. This is the Hanbali position in the Hanbali school, and there are a number of scholars that said it's obligatory. We need to look into this يعني, in more detail. So, Shaykh says, وَإِذَا عَبَّرَ الْفُقَهَا uh, rather, if the fuqaha, the jurist, they say something is... A sunnah, then by that they mean that if you do it, you get rewarded And if you don't do it, then you don't get rewarded That's according to the fuqaha, what the word sunnah means Why is this a, a sunnah? Because the Prophet ﷺ ordered for it to be done And uh, a number of hadith The first of them Hadith narrated by Imam Ahmad and uh, Ibn Khuzayma Ibn Khuzayma references 810 and it was, an Imam al-Hakim said that this is authentic according to the conditions of Muslim. Uh, if you pray, then let, you, let, if any of you are to pray, then let him take a sutra, even if it is an arrow. Okay? If one of you is to pray, then let him. فَلْيَسْتَتِرْ فَلْيَسْتَتِرْ in the Arabic is a form of command using a present verb. Okay? So let him then take a sutra. وَأَمَّا فِعْلُهُ That's his statement. As for his action, then when the Prophet used to be on his journeys, no, yes, if he was in his asfar, if he was out and on his journeys or yeah, on, a, on, a, on a, an expedition, then he would have his uh, animal and in this particular narration, His goat, this hadith narrated by Bukhari, it will be tied up. So it would be... uh, Turkaz means that it is uh, tied up uh, uh, like solidly, meaning you put the peg into the ground and it's very restricted in terms of its movement. So it's put right in front of you. So he would would do that to his animal and pray towards it. Okay? So he wants something there. This hadith narrated by Bukhari in the book of prayer and then the chapter title, Bab, the prayer towards a goat The prayer towards a goat Okay Interesting thing for me That I noticed for that Okay And those who are students of hadith Should also notice You remember Imam Bukhari is one of the Imam of the, the muhaditheen Of course The greatest of the But he's faqih as well And we know the way of Bukhari When he wants to establish His fiqh position Is that he gives a clue In his chapter title What he's thinking What's interesting there Is that he didn't commit himself he just stated it factually. He just said the prayer towards a goat. Not, he didn't indicate that the recommendation of, the permissibility, he's just, he just he did not even kind of opening up on the permissibility of. So that's, a, that's an interesting point. Whereas Muslim, far more factual when he makes his statements, far more objective if you want to be yani, academic about the statement. He narrated this also in the, chap- in the book of prayer, chapter title Bab Sutra Tul Musalli, the Sutra the barrier of the Musalli, of the one who's praying. Whereas you see Bukhari, I don't think he wants to go into the issue of Sutra, he just wants to keep the issue focused on the fact that it's a goat. We need to look into that one day. All right. Sheikh says, what are the wisdoms from a Sutra? Why would we want to use a Sutra? Um, The Prophet uh, 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 the first one he says, is that it protects the prayer from being made deficient or being invalidated. I like the fact that he said that. Right? That's obviously opening up, opening us up for the next couple of lessons. Right? At least you're protecting your prayer from being made deficient, or being invalidated by someone who is going to walk in front of you. Putting a sutra makes it clear. I walk around. All right? It's a clear indication to a person. Secondly, it restricts the eyesight and protects the eyesight of the or the glance. Beg your pardon. It protects the glance of the one who's praying. It restricts it, yeah, you know, it just keeps it within your whatever. If you've got an item there, the maximum you're going to do is to look at the item. And looking at the item isn't the end of the world because it's only a foot past your such the point, which is where you're meant to be looking anyway. So you'd look at that, you'd look back. Open the whole game up though, keep a big open space, open room, then you, you know, your sight is going there all the way down to the bottom and that's not uh, good. Um... And he goes, especially, Sheikh said, especially if it has jirm. Jirm means bulk or mass. That's why it's a sunnah to put something quite big. Um, when I say quite big, I mean like this size, right? That's, yani it's a good sunnah to have something of bulk, of mass, so that it actually does physically restrict your, your, your gaze, uh, if you like, okay? And that in- includes, of course, makes your heart more present, because it makes your eyes more present and uh, stops your... Uh, Glance going too far The the third one Which we we should love most Is that this is copying and emulating The Prophet ﷺ This is what he loved to do And if you notice the Sheikh said What are the wisdoms behind the sutra And he gave the first one He gave the second one And then he actually gave you The one that counts Which is the reason that we do it Because maybe we don't know Alright Maybe there are some people That don't get restricted By their Um by their glance and they still look all over the place we don't know what the actual reason of the sutra is we can have a good guess and clearly is a very strong indicator to someone yani, that there's this person praying and more importantly it encloses a person it allows yani, other people to get about and doesn't it, it inconvenient them but if we don't know at least we know that the prophet ﷺ used to do that now something similar to this of course is the love of the prophet ﷺ to pray behind a pillar so whenever he would go into Masjid Nabawi, he would di- head directly to the, pr- to the pillar, right? Um, and again, this is the way of just closing things down, you know, just, you know, and going to the front. Now, obviously, it is a really, really bad habit of Muslims, but they're mostly Anbar Muslims, ignorant Muslims, who go to the back of a masjid and pray. And they're praying in the back of the masjid. It's just a disaster that is. That's a disaster for the look of the masjid. It's a disaster for... What this person is doing for the movement of people especially when they need to go behind them and so on and so forth anyway um sheikh then says that it's clear that our uh uh, author considers that it is a sunnah to pray towards a sutra whether it is in uh, a home whether it's aware uh, away this is whether there is a, a fear that a person is going to pass by whether there is absolutely no concern because you're praying for example at home You're praying at home in the corner of your house. So there is no threat of anyone passing you by. There is no uh, restrictions in the hadith. right? So it's to be used at all times. However, and therefore, as a result of uh, this discussion about what about if there's no fear of people going or not going, some of the scholars said that it is not a sunnah to have a sutra if there is no danger of someone cutting your prayer. So if you know that you're alone in a house in a corner or in a room and you know that no one's going to cut you up then it is not sunnah for you to have a sutra and this is narr- This is mentioned especially by the Malikis and it's narrated in the book of, of Fiqh known as Al-Mudawwana Sheikh said but however the correct position is that it is a sunnah okay and it is a general ruling this is regardless of whether a person knows that there's someone who's going to come or not going to come etc etc um, now uh Sheikh says that it's clear that Hanabila uh, have gone with the majority of scholars, which is that it's a sunnah. However, there are some that said that no, uh, it is obligatory. Now, those, by the way, the the ones that the majority that said that it is a sunnah, they said the reason it's a sunnah is because it's not from the uh, essential. Parts of the prayer The prayer's validity does not depend upon it It's not internal aspect of the prayer It's not from the preconditions of the prayer Rather it's from the perfe- perfection The يعني, or مكملات, Which is those which complete The absolute perfection of this presentation Of the prayer to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la. In terms of it's you know Like having the lights dimmed If they're too bright Disturbs you Making sure that dis- uh, distractions are off TVs and whatever uh, Are off These are little things that you do to try to improve the quality of the prayer Maybe delaying it because of food, so you eat the food, so you're not thinking about that All of these things, they do not invalidate the prayer if you don't do them But certainly it's a sunnah to take care about your state of heart and mind before you actually pray Um, However, uh, yeah. So, why is it that the scholars consider it to be a sunnah? What are the evidences? Before we look at the evidences of the scholars who said it's obligatory the first evidence is the hadith of of, of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he said ila shay'in yasturuhu min al-nas fa This hadith is narrated by uh, this is actually a hadith that we narrated before I'm going to give you the reference 243 this hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri is in the issue of uh, of uh, thingy. Um, one second. one. Yeah. It is narrated in Bukhari, hadith number 509. If one of you is to pray, if one of you is to pray towards something that would be a, a barrier from the people, and someone is going to try and cross you, then... Repel him. Then let him repel him. Alright, so the hadith indicates if one of you is to pray towards a sutra, a barrier, and someone is to cross in between your hands, meaning in front of you, while the sutra is there, not going around it is the implication, then repel that person. Alright? Uh, Shaykh al said, the statement if one of you is to pray something that, to pray towards something that will be a barrier for him, indicates Sometimes a person does pray towards one And doesn't pray towards one You get the point? Yeah? If someone is to pray towards Which means that If someone is or someone is not In brackets So therefore it's indicating It's not obligatory Because the kind of The the, the way that the language is Is that's indicating Sometimes a person doesn't do it Sometimes a person does And when you do Make sure you do this So that's the argument Which is indicating That it's obviously therefore not obligatory Alright? Um the second evidence is the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma and sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ya salifi habi ashabihi ila ghirijidar. Hadith narrated by Bukhari in the uh, book of prayer chapter Sutr al-Imam uh Sutra to Man khalfahu The chapter of the Sutra of the Imam is the sutra for the people behind him. That's Bukhari's position. But anyway, this hadith tra- translated is that Ibn Abbas he said, I came to the Prophet sallallahu uh, whilst he was in Mina and he was praying with his companions but not to a wall. But not to a wall. He was praying but not to a wall. That's it. That's all the hadith says. Now Mina, it was not tensity like it was. People all inside, big communal areas. Mina is, uh, obviously, even now it's, it's still open but I mean, Now, it's dominated by big communal tents, people are praying inside with walls At that time, it was an open area (laughs) Ironically, you know the way that we, uh, when we go Hajj and we kind of, you know, make sure we get everybody ready mentally for Muzdalifah Muzdalifah and Mina were exactly the same back then So those who have been Hajj with me, when I explain how um, our mentality should be I do explain this point which is sometimes lost on people that we create an experience today, if those, uh, if your, if you're, if you're, your guide or your scholar or the person you go with uh, to Hajj understands Hajj, we create an experience which is entirely new. There is no such thing as creating a old school Hajj experience. You're creating an artificial, new experience. So when we try to make a big thing out of Muzdalifah, and then, and you know. Create the mindset to enjoy it or to bear it, and then create the mindset to enjoy or bear minna, etc., etc., etc. That's because that is what minna and Muzdalifah is today. Back in the old days, there was absolutely no difference between the reality of staying in Muzdalifah and in minna. If you said to someone today that Muzdalifah and minna are the same, they'd say, hey, don't be silly. There's a and in minna, you know, it's like five star. And when you get to minna, you're crying your eyes out, right? But after you've slept in Muzdalifah you're thinking, yeah. So it's all about, uh, you know And you see, now when you're telling people in lectures and lessons You know, be ready, be grateful, be ready, be grateful This is not part of hajj This is not part of the, the hajj of the Prophet ﷺ Because Mina and Muzdalifah would have been the same And staying in Mecca was the same And when they camped on the way here is the same there, It's all open, there's no houses, there's no tents You've got your own little tent you're carrying Or your own sleeping bag, and you just put it out And you sleep, there's no difference in the terrain or x or y or whatever so just 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 remember that next time that you're preparing for that so the prophet he's praying in the open parts of mina but open there's no no, sorry not open what did he say not towards the wall the majority of the scholars (coughs) took from this that therefore because he didn't pray towards the wall sutra is not needed in fairness as i'm indicating that doesn't mean that he didn't take a sutra. It means he didn't pray towards the wall. And it indicates that the Prophet ﷺ's preference is always praying towards the wall, which we know it is. If there was an area where there were no pillars, then he would pray towards the wall. I mentioned to you the hadith, I don't know, a couple of lessons ago, that once a a donkey came into the masjid and the Prophet ﷺ was praying, and he, as it was about to go in between him, he didn't want it to cut him in the prayer, so he went right up to the uh, front wall of the masjid, yeah, and he right close so that it could pass behind him And then he took the couple of steps back So it is way that he prays towards a wall As, as solid, as closed down, as focused as it gets I think you understand that concept You know, when it comes to memorization I don't think any of us in the West use that process Right, do we? Staring at a wall, memorizing No one ever did exams or anything like that, right? Yeah, I think it's only us that we learned that, that idea in the, in the east, memorizing towards the wall. I used to memorize towards the wall. It just shuts everything else off, isn't it? Right. And then the third hadith of the Sunniya it's, uh, that it's Sunnah is the hadith of Ibn Abbas عنهما, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam fi fadaa yadehi shay. This hadith is narrated by Imam Ahmed and al bayhaqi and the hadith is weak uh, in honesty. Ibn Abbas said that the Prophet ﷺ prayed in the open and there was nothing in between his hands whatsoever. This is more specific than the previous one. There was nothing in between his hands whatsoever. Um, Shaykh says that, yeah, there's definitely no doubt that this hadith has had some issues, but in meaning is supported by the previous one. So we're good to go. So the fourth evidence Shaykh says, is that <laughs> That the basic principle in Islam is that we are free of any obligations. Which is good. And it's a really good and strong point. The asl in Islam is that you have the burden of proof to obligate things upon me. As it stands, if you don't have a real kick of evidence to, to obligate something upon me, then I am free of obligations. It's a very important principle in sharia, by the way. al okay? al-thani, the second position on the matter, that the sutra is wajib, that it is obligatory, um, which is held by some scholars, so some of the Shafi'is and others as well, even some of the Hanabila, but again a minority, is because the Prophet ﷺ said, فَلِيَسْتَتِرُ Yani yeah, first evidence is because he commanded it, let him take the sutra, which is an obligation in basic words. Um, as for the uh, hadith that I just mentioned of Ibn Abbas that the Prophet ﷺ prayed outside and there was nothing between his hands, they said the hadith is weak, so they've already dealt with uh, that one, and they said as for the hadith of that he didn't pray towards the wall then they said well the negation of the wall does not negate anything else it could have been something else smaller etc and they said so that's their response right? and as, a, as for the response to the first hadith which is when some, one of you prays towards the sutra and someone does this and then do that then they said then they said uh, this indicates that a person Uh, They they, they said, this is their weakest part They said that this hadith clearly indicates That yeah, you do pray towards the sutra Which is what we're saying And sometimes you might not But it's still obligatory Which is a weak response if you think about it Um, So, Sheikh Uthameen summarizes the point up And it's the class position as well That the majority of the scholars however Did state to their position that it's a sunnah Mm -hmm. And that is the strongest position In terms of the evidences And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best and Shaykh said, it makes a nice point He goes And frankly for me As far as I'm concerned He goes If there was absolutely nothing authentic In this chapter whatsoever For our evidences The simple fact That al-Aslu That the basic principle in our life Is that we are free of obligations Until someone obligates something upon us Is the strongest evidence Out of all of these Because if ours, our evidences Are not strong enough To make it sunnah There's certainly nothing strong On their side To make it obligatory Nice point Okay, very nice fiqh point Um, So that's uh, uh, that's that Okay, then he says Then the Sheikh says As for the ma'mum The one who is following Yani the the followers in a masjid Then it is not sunnah for them to take a sutra Because the companions They prayed behind the Prophet All the time And there was not a single one that took a sutra That took a sutra So that's clear That's done with Then that um, leads to the next question All right, They never took a sutra However, is it permissible to walk between the prayer lines In a jama'ah when they're praying behind the imam? Is that permissible or not? The sheikh says that there are two positions to the scholars Those that allow it and those that don't allow it Those that said the first position is that it's not allowed It is haram to walk between their hands the evidence, the statement of the Prophet, ﷺ, the hadith that we covered before, hadith which is Sahih, that if the person that was about to walk between the hands of the musalli knew what was gonna happen to him, knew what would be, knew what sin he would earn, ماذا عليه. He would be. It would be better for him to wait for forty, than to continue between his, between uh, go past that person, go go past his hands, yani, yani go past him Their argument is this hadith does not, yani it doesn't say we're restricted or doesn't. It's a general hadith. Why are you saying it doesn't apply to this guy? That's the that's their evidence. You get their point. They said the hadith is aam The hadith is general. It didn't say it is restricted. Um. And then from an aql point of view, they give ta'lil wa'allalu. So first of all, they give the hadith, which is the sunnah way. Then after the sunnah has been put forward, then they put their own aql forward. Uh, The aql is, He said that, frankly, the idea that you don't get disturbed is not true. If if a person cuts the imam, and if the person cuts the imam, then that means all of your prayers cut. That's basically the argument that's being made. All right? They're saying that it's not allowed for anybody to have their prayer cut. Only the imam can't have it cut. They're saying if the imam's prayer is cut, then whatever is cutting all of our prayers, when the imam's prayer is cut and all of ours is cut, is going not to be any less by us physically having a guy cut our prayer as well. I don't know whether I explained that properly. What I mean is that um, the disturbance, the actual physical disturbance and ruining of my prayer, if that happened because the imam's uh, sutra was cut, then that certainly happens if my sutra is cut. That's what they're arguing. They're saying, you know, I'm still standing there and someone's walked past me. If this is an issue of, of calibrating the disturbance level, Right, or measuring the disturbance level, then certainly the disturbance of my guy cutting in front of me is at least the same size or the, or the magnitude as the imam getting cut, if we're going to use aql. Uh, <laughs> Sheikh says, yani, he goes, uh, because he goes, in actual fact, it's far worse. That guy might be a one-off, yani, who might just cut. He goes, sometimes you'll see a whole line of people in front of you, it's just a constant flow. Constant flow. Now, obviously, that's not the case here. He's clearly talking about the Haram or you know, madness kind of places like that. And yeah, I mean, that is what happens. You've just got a constant uh, flow. And actually, sorry, he goes, yeah, especially in the big masjids and Masjid al-Haram and Masjid Nabawi. So according to this position, it is not allowed for anyone to go uh, uh, amongst the Muslimin. The second position in this uh, issue is that it's not a problem. That it is not a problem for someone to go across the, 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 the. What am I getting wrong here, man? Why do I keep struggling? Not lying, man. In front of. To cut in front of the people who are praying. That's the word, yeah. It's not a problem to cut in front of the people who are praying behind a Imam in the Jama'ah. What's their evidence? The action of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. He was when جاء والنبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يصلي بالناس بمنه وهو راكب على حمار آتان أي أنثى فدخل في الصف وأرسل الآتان ترتاع وقد مرت بين يدي بعض الصف فقال ولم ينكذ ذلك علي أحد لا نبي لا النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا وهذا الإقرار حديث لو يعلم المار yeah nice so says that no me. the Evidence for this is the hadith of Ibn Abbas He said When the Prophet ﷺ was praying in Mina uh, with the rest of the companions I came late And I was on a a female donkey What's a female donkey? What's the the ass and the mule and everything? Where's all the donkey experts, man? (laughs) Everyone's an expert these days And you can't even tell me what a female donkey is What's an ass? Us is not a gender. asa I think, is a mixture between a donkey and a horse, isn't it? What's a mule? Lala, how many mules do you have at home? Zero, man. Is his name not Colin? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's high, isn't it? A female, sorry, a male is right. Yeah, a, female is a Jenny. A Jenny. <laughs> Excellent. What a sick line. What? Tell me. Spell that one. Tell me. It's J E W N Y, so I can just. Yes, bro. <laughs> Ammunition, Yannis. Yeah, this is stored for the rest of my life, for all the Jennys in my life, right? Yep. Female donkey. That's mental. Is that Oxford Dictionary? Wikipedia. No, that's not good enough, Yara. Wikipedia. I'll give my own best. I don't know Wikipedia. We want Oxford Dictionary. Any proof? Huh? It, it does sound suspicious. I've never heard that before. Anyway, he's on a female donkey. The female donkey goes past. And he went on the donkey between the lines. He said, as I went past the donkey, uh, I went past the lines on the female donkey, and then I had to tie up the donkey and, you know, get it, uh, whatever. Not a single person, neither the prophet or the companions, mentioned a single thing to me. Neither then or neither after the prayer. So that is, Sheikh says, this is the... This action is what specifies the general hadith Therefore we learn that if a person is by himself They have to then protect themselves But when they are in the position Then the rest of the musalleen They don't get affected by someone who is going up and down Sheikh Uthamin concludes He goes, the correct position according to my opinion Is that uh, people are not sinful If they cut a person who is praying in a congregation However and I will translate literally. If there's some kind of way of getting out of that situation, where they can avoid having to pass by the, the prayers, then this is far better. So a person should try to avoid this, okay? Because there is no doubt that you are disturbing people. And they are, of course they are, right? And uh, you know, this is one of the reasons why I don't like children in the mosque. I mean, like, three-year-olds, two-year-olds. Don't worry, bro, it's okay. Yeah. It's literally, he was asleep then goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> miskeen. So, yeah, he, uh, we're talking two-year-olds, three-year-olds. You know, one of the things that they do is they go up and down causing havoc, yeah, and in the lines, it's a madness. And if your glasses wear and, you know, miskeen like that, then you can kiss your glasses goodbye, your phone's goodbye, <laughs> your khushu goodbye. And, you know, if they take a seat in front of you, then, you know, God knows what's happening in that nappy as well. It's a disaster, the whole thing's a disaster. Kids, Yanni, are not meant to be, uh, babies are not meant to be in the masjid. So, uh, what about then adults, Yani, who don't even care, just you know, bowling down. So he goes, there's no doubt that and he goes, and to pre- pre- and to prevent be becoming distracted in the prayer is actually a objective in Sharia, something which is required to do, because this is from the perfection of the prayer, and just like you don't want Yanni, anyone to disturb you in the prayer, then it's a must that you don't also. Uh, uh, disturb their prayer as well Because the Prophet Sallallahu said <laughs> And the Prophet Sallallahu said In the hadith that you, none of you will believe Until you love for yourself what you love for your brother Love for your brother what you love for yourself Okay So this hadith narrated by Bukhari uh, So that's it Alright The Sheikh then said that this uh, sutra uh, is, <laughs> is, that, is Is she having a laughter Or is that real Is it what, because she said so. No, I said <laughs> it's true, yeah. yeah. Might have got it right. Jack. So that's that's not that's not real. That's 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 some joke then, isn't it? A jenny or a janet. Or Je- oh, I don't know what that is. It's a term for a female donkey. Okay, I think Abdul yani, yani, that's where Jackass comes yeah, it's from. Huh. They're not the same donkey. You said mm-hmm. donkey. Yeah. Yeah, it's you. Ma- yeah, because Call you, donkey. male donkey. It's a classic feminist, word that is, definitely. <laughs> just part of their takeover. Basically cussing people by not even calling them a donkey, but, you know, really cussing them by calling them you know, an ass. You're a jackass. And just this male, yanny, you know, female misogyny, isn't it? How does that even make sense, female misogyny? Is <laughs> jackass? No, Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, it sounds like, yanny a praise. Oh, you Jenny. Actually, to be honest, I like it. I think I'm getting used to that one. I like the it's idea of... Jenny. Yeah. yeah, flipping Jenny. They, they Jenny. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mesa is telling us that when she was praying in a the message, there was once a kid hitting my backpack with my water bottle. Oh, it had a laptop in it. Yeah, okay, I was going to say, what are you doing with a laptop down in the back? Anyway, right, come on, come down and see if you have any questions, quickly, before we move on to the next part. <clears throat> yep, Ijlal, go and sort it out. Blah, 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 blah. Right, okay. So, yes, yeah. So, on the issue of, you know, it's better not to disturb people. You know, yes, yet, yes. But obviously if you're, the, the commonest reason is because your word is broken. Yes. So you can't use that as a Which is to obviously, yeah. Which is obviously why it's allowed to do it. But, it. but obviously it's a great thing to stay where you are. Oh, it? of course. Not, yeah, let there be absolutely no doubt about what I'm about to say. If you have broken wudu, it is completely haram to stay where you are. You have to get out. It is completely permissible to walk between the lines Not just for breaking of wudu If you know that there are big places, big gaps in the, the prayer Right? And you know that you're stuck somewhere Then you go and you cut across the, the lines However, the point that's being made Is that this is something which you should do reluctantly That this is... And the, the wider point being made is that Don't break your wudu Make wudu before you come Come early to the masjid, don't come so lazy, late, knowing, ah, I'll find a place. Do you know what I mean? Which is actually what happens in the haram, all right? A lot of people, when they come to the haram, they get used to the idea after one or two prayers, you know, they now have got used to the the, the timings and and they get to see huge gaps and they say, yeah, it's not a problem me coming late because I'm just going to come late and walk all the way through the gaps. You know what I'm trying to say? That's the point which is being made. At the same time, frankly, frankly, I think it can also be argued that when this is done at the haram, it's less of an issue. Because the people is almost like they're completely expecting and used to that kind of thing. So that's also a uh, kind of like a balancer. Right. Um, This sutra, watch yes. Yes. Good question. Yeah. So this is, the, this is the point, right? If you are praying in a normal masjid and you have a couple of lines, but you can see, uh, you know, lying ahead or whatever, that there is a gap, then what's better? The filling of that gap and therefore going uh, across the people or leaving it? So what's better, of course, is to educate the people. And by the way, uh, educate the people means that you can even say, please fill that gap. As long as it doesn't uh, disturb the Imam, right? This is the kind of thing that you could say. And the gap must always be uh, filled. It's not permissible to leave gaps in in the prayer. And the one who closes the gap has done something which is from the Sunnah and also done something which is rewarded individually as well. Now, at the same time, there's got to be a limit. By that, I mean that if for you to go and fill that gap, it means you're going to go walk through a whole line of people like this, all that way. And then, just for example, have to push through one or two people, right? In a, the next line, and then walk some more, then the answer is no. Okay, because that, that, t- taking that kind of uh, burden upon yourself, is, it, that's just too much. Everything has got to be weighed up. But if you know that the whole thing is very loose People are standing very very loose Very far apart People are going through anyway Moving Then yeah Also what comes into this judgment This, this, this uh, decision Is How much is left of the prayer How many gaps there are in the mosque Right Now why do I say that Because when you come to the haram And when you pray in the haram There is an adab of praying in the haram There's a fiqh to praying in the haram we know that there are a number of very big gaps like huge gaps and then we know that there are thousands of small gaps and we can't win all of those battles and so from a personal responsibility point of view you should know that allah did not make for you to spend your entire prayer moving forward which easily could happen in either of of the haramain for any prayer you could keep on filling gaps it's it's a disaster all right So the balance is a combination of never just praying at the back Never just joining a line of prayer Always walking forward to the big area to close the big gap in the middle To get to the front part And then when you get to the front part And if a raka'ah has gone Then you're kind of happy to sacrifice a raka'ah But anything more than that, it's just not right And you've got to just stop and, and stay even though you can see another gap and then another gap and another gap. Because I swear to you, you will walk all the way through in the haramain and the prayer will finish and you will still not fill all the gaps. So it's a balancing job. So the answer is, is that it is definitely worth moving in between lines to fill a gap. But that moving has got to be taken into context of where it is, how many times, how many gaps, and so on and so forth. But if it's just one movement for one gap, then you fill it. Uh, what is that, love? Like? That's it, game over. Because if you do that disaster of going down the line, you get down the line, someone else that gap and you <laughs> And then you're lost. And then you're stuck. And you've got nowhere to turn back to. You go back and then you're looking at him, he's looking at you and then... Yeah, yeah. That's why I want to make it clear that this idea that you have the responsibility to fill every single gap is not right. You know... I'm glad that you guys made, brought this point up Because it is also indicative Of the newly practicing extremist kind of extreme is a word But it's that super keen kind of mind You do see a lot of the younger And more practicing kind of You know, want to do the sunnah, want to do the sunnah who, who take hadith literally But don't understand the fiqh behind it So they're like, I'm going to cover every single gap The covering of the gaps is within your own Yani capacity And capacity, they're saying, What's your evidence brother? It doesn't have any evidence Right? It's just common sense That I'm not meant to spend My entire prayer Walking, covering gaps Because that's what will happen Yep So uh, Just to You know To minimise this issue That you're talking about The the fear Is that you wouldn't be trying to uh, uh, You know That's that group's problem And that's that group's problem And mine is here And then you're not even Going to have to fall into this uh, This point So In terms of describing the sutra It is something which is standing all right, it's got to have يعني, some kind of elevation Such as a saddle Because the, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ uh, Is that it was يعني, That he used a mu'akhirat al-rahl A saddle um, Which Sheikh is saying is made of wood Is it? it? Has a wooden structure maybe I thought it was just pure leather Maybe it's got a wooden frame Anyway uh, And he's saying yani three spans, which is about 30 centimetres. How big is this a saddle? Yeah, and it's like 30 centimetres. Yeah, and it's 45, sorry. It's 45 centimetres. Three hand spans. What's a hand span? 15? 15? Something like that. Um, yeah, it's got to have size We want size فَإِنْ لَمْ يجد yeah, and, and if you can't find something that has uh, Bulk or is solid Okay If you can't find something which has uh, Some kind of solid kind of nature to it Then you pray towards a line فَالْيُصَلِّ لان أرض فيما سبق مفروشة بالرمل او بالحصى واذا خطا الانسان صار له اثر بين لكن ارض المساجد الان مفروشه بالقماش فهل نقول ان الخط الذي هو خط يجزع عن الخط الذي له اثر this is nice he goes that obviously a line is what you do outside so if you're praying outside You literally step forward and you draw a line and you've got a clear kind of indication, whatever. So, simple thing, sutra, you've got to do it as much as possible. It's sunnah, anything that has size. If you're at home, use a a cushion. Okay, Um, a cushion is the right thing, or the Qur'an rail, which is the the, the, the classic, and anything else, a chair, blah, 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 or towards a wall if you're fortunate enough, or towards the corner of a room if the door's not going to open. In the absence of something physical, then you draw a line. If you're inside, the Sheikh asks, now all of the places they have carpet. And in the carpet areas, there's no way to draw something. So is the line of the design, he said, or a color line in a carpet the same as the line that you draw? Sheikh said, some of the scholars said, uh, it, is, it suffices. سترة, that it suffices. That would be sufficient. (coughs) Sheikh says, however, for me, I've got a problem with this. He goes, I don't like this idea, I've got a problem with it. He goes, the obvious, what seems to me, which is obvious, is that this is not enough, it's just too artificial. He goes, however, he goes that if there was a line which was very kind of pronounced on the end of the carpet, Then that's okay Because that is something which is independent yeah, And what his point is Is that if you're praying on a musalla Jarmaz Yeah Then that's okay Because the end of that is a proper line He goes But this line that you're seeing here This is not a line This is his uh, uh, position He goes The evidence for my position Is because the Prophet ﷺ said so whoever, and it, uh, this is narrated by Imam Ahmed and by Abu Dawood, and this is where we'll close, uh, and it seems authentic. He said the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever, the, the Prophet ﷺ said, for whoever does not find something like a saddle, then let him draw a line. Let him draw a line. About this hadith, al hafiz Ibn Hajar al radiall- in Bulugh al-Maram, he said, he goes, this hadith is absolutely authentic. There is no... Uh, sorry, this hadith is absolutely hasan, acceptable. There is... N- it's not right that the one who claims that this hadith has got some doubt in it. لِأَنَّ mm-hmm. إِبْنِ Because Ibn, Ibn Salah, Ibn Salah was another Shafi'i Don, super king, yani Muhaddith. He said this hadith is مُطَرِب, shaky because of its uh, problems. Sheikh says that, yani al mutarib is one from the categories of weak hadith. Hassan حُجَّ Whereas uh, uh, Hassan, the the ruling of Hassan, which is the middle uh, ruling, acceptable, is an evidence. Um, uh, (laughs) For those who are Hadith students, what is a Hassan Hadith? He says that which has been narrated by a trustworthy person who is not so accurate. Okay, not so accurate, trustworthy but not super accurate in their statements You always need a little bit more extra information from somewhere else with a continuous chain of people, no breaks and the hadith itself does not have anything odd or uh, contradicts any other authentic evidence and doesn't have any hidden faults, which is nice actually. Of course, Shaykh al has really nice small essays in hadith sciences, so you expect him to be spot on with that. So, وَعَلَى هَذَا al hadith hujja. So therefore this hadith for me is a hujja, and a clear evidence. And if the hadith is a clear evidence, and a person does not find something solid, then he needs to draw a line. He goes, how do you draw a line? <laughs> Sheikh said, I didn't think about this. Sheikh said, yani, what do you do? He goes, uh, do you, uh, okay, you draw a line. The hadith is draw a line. What does that draw a line? You mean draw a line like a line? Or do you draw like a, you know, make a zone? So he goes, draw a, uh, uh, what's that called? Semicircle, arc. <coughs> he goes, Do you draw an arc or do you draw a straight line? Sheikh says, Any line. <laughs> uh, he goes, the, 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 the fuqaha didn't mention it and the hadith doesn't mention it. So, therefore, as long as it is an indicator, then that is, uh, that is uh, fine. Um, I'll be honest with you, I find a problem with this opinion. And I think that if you're in a masjid and you are unable to pray towards a sutra, then the line that you are going to pray with is acceptable. I don't think, you know, it's an issue of whether this line is the line that you should have done because it's not... You know, again, I, and, uh, just to, and that's the end of that, but the, the, the point for me, which is, uh, which is interesting, is we're thinking that the illa, and this is, this is a good example, we're thinking that the illa is the line itself. Yeah? What if I say to you that the action of drawing the line is half of the barakah of this actual action. A person who went and actually went for, it, drew a line. It's like he's setting, you know. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you know a, a bit of a formal ritual. Psychological. Psychological. It's like you know when the uh, I, I mean, I just it just came to my mind. But you know the, the the rugby teams when they face off, they could just face off and end of it. But obviously, all blacks want to go and give it a Right, and it gets them already. It's it's different, they get themselves into the zone and whatever it is. And there are certain things that a person should do. Right, they get to the prayer early, they get to the line early. Sunnah to pray to Hitul Masjid be there? Is Sunnah to make dua? There's clear things you draw a line, it means you mean business. You know, Uh, you see some people, and the reason I mention this point is because one of the things that really does irritate me is people who just rock up and pray. You know, the rocker, the rocker upper and prayer. Just, stand and just bowls up and just Allah Akbar yani. Wherever they are, just don't care In the masjid They don't, they don't like, you know And there's got to be some So I like the idea So actually I like what Sheikh Amin is saying That you know, people are just going to bowl straight into a line and Allah Akbar There's no kind of focus And then they're going to keep looking that is, what, that, that, that is what's being referred to by the way A line in the earth And by the way, I also think Just me thinking about it I don't know what you guys think that if I was to pray in this masjid with these lines and look at these lines and say, that's my sutra, I can see my whole uh, glance going up and down. Whereas if I went and I drew a line, then you know, I draw a line between us. You know when you meant it, if I draw a line, I'm actually now kind of looking at that line. I don't think I'm looking past that line. So shall we bring permanent markers? Yeah. <laughs> don't, bring permanent. don't bring permanent markers. Although, you know, we use that over there and, you know, was a mission. Uh, I think they're still there, the marks, isn't it? To show the people to, uh, you know, to think. So, um, however, I want you to know that don't do anything if you can't in you own in a masjid. Obviously, it's not obligatory. We believe that. And your prayer is fine. And at least we can take the khilaf of the scholars. So pray towards one of these lines and use it to keep your your glance any restricted. And I think that's going to be uh, good enough. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Right. Uh, someone chuck me a pen somewhere. I need to make a mark here. Uh, yeah if there if there are gaps in the rows how much movement Oops, oops um if there are gaps in the rows um then how much movement is valid for you to close gap assuming the closing is obligated so the closing is obligated to a level and i think that one step um or two steps is is, is fine you shouldn't become you know scholars say three steps and this much distance, blah, 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 blah But I, I think you want to restrict it to two steps And crossing others is okay If one comes into jamaat late From fear of missing the salah Yes, that's permissible That's what Ibn Abbas actually did Yeah If a woman crosses you in your prayer We're going to that next time Next week and then the week after What is the for someone to cross your salah? We've done that already Abdul Muhit Ali, where have you been? Go back and check all these lessons What lessons was that? How many lessons ago did we do the distance thing? Shazan Salim? Zafar? Six seven, the printed line doesn't tell anyone that you've demarcated. Deemocid- yeah, that's good, isn't it? What the line said, you know, that line doesn't not really kind of saying anything other than what everybody else is thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like, you know, you set your stall out by marking something proper. I mean, it is an indication. Yeah. What about using a person as a sutra? What's the evidence? That's good. So, uh, actually, I was going to mention this that in the masjid, uh, obviously, don't just think that you have to go to a wall or a pillar. Using a person is something which is allowed as well. The evidence, Hamza, is the lack of evidence that is not allowed. Anything that can be taken is something which is permissible. Um, there are some hadith which I'm going to mention next week. And that is, uh, these are, uh, they're not very strong, these points, but I'll just yeah, mention them. The Prophet uh, the, 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 the the scholars, they did not allow people to take a fire as a sutra. And not to put it in the direction of the Qibla as well. So you should kind of, if you're, you're cold and you're praying towards it, you change your angle. All right? Because praying towards the fire, again, it's not strong, strong hadith, but this is a basic kind of idea. And there are some scholars that actually took it to the point, they said, not even a radiator. All right? <laughs> so just so that you know. Or the blow heaters. Oh they were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not the blow heater, man. Not the blow heater. Allah, you oh. see that? should be beside you. Shaz, that burns the right hand side and does nothing for the left. It should always be in front of you. What are you talking about? Two <laughs> rak'ah like this and you're going to then jump over and then turn the radiator around. <laughs> Other side of the radiator? What kind of flipping radios you got? <laughs> oh, shut up. man. me. Why not? If they get up, they get up obviously But you know, most of the time If you come to a masjid They're staying there, right? Unless it's after the prayer Unless it's after the prayer And if they did get up and go Then at least you did some or part Or main part of your prayer It, it acts as I mean the point is Is that this is not what you're meant to do But the point is Is that it's better than Using the carpet line That's the point point. And so yeah Hamza What I was going to say Is that there's no evidence not to The evidence is that come are uh, general. So, for example, praying towards a mirror or towards a door that should also be tried to be avoided because you're praying towards yourself. Yeah, I th- I, I'm fine with the radiator, with the blow heater, but the fire you should avoid. All right, a flame, a naked flame, should be avoided. All right. Uh, if you pray, there's some questions before at the bottom. Lala, come, come down first. Okay. It's okay, Shaz. We'll wait for tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> uh you jenny <laughs> salam with dad. i have been trying to find a lesson where we said i love the way that she's going to ask me to find find a lesson i think that's the biggest joke of this whole <laughs> this whole lesson where you said where we said that you should block someone first step in front of you how much can you really block a guy didn't we mention a story about a guy getting smacked for insisting on passing in front I'm curious to know how combative you can get without disrespecting the Salah. So, let's look at this, right? The Prophet ﷺ, we, we said that it is permissible for you to do exactly what the Hadith says. فَالْيُقَاتِلْهُ uh, Means that you fight him. Now, obviously, fighting is... Uh, uh, I don't know what incident you're referring to about uh, someone getting slapped... Did I say that? No, that's not someone passing. So with that, I can't remember that. I I, I wonder whether you're getting mixed up between what I was saying, uh, Ali radiallahu anhu, which is narrated in uh, Athar, obviously not hadith, not very authentic, that he was in the front line and someone was trying to pull him back because he was alone in the second line and he wanted someone else to be with him, second person, because you're not meant to stand alone by yourself. Now, the problem with that is, number one, you are allowed to stand by yourself if you didn't do it on purpose, if you're the only person there. And number two, that doesn't mean that you pull some guy from the front. And so someone was pulling Ali once and then twice, and then he turned around, he smacked him one, and then he went back to his place. So that, yani, is what Ali radiallahu anhu did from the front line. You don't pull someone out of their line that they just spent, yeah, and a half an hour getting there early before you, just for you to pull him out like a pack, yeah? So, that's that. I don't know of another one. But anyway, it doesn't matter, uh, uh, you are able to struggle whatever but you shouldn't be getting involved in punching and back and forth and xyz because as you said that's not the the prayer itself you've 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 left the prayer one single move you know when you look at the prayer the kind of things which are allowed outside the prayer are smooth movements by the way if you were like some kind of one of these you know uh jujitsu kind of masters you know that could do this kind of thing and whatever then that would be allowed. Because it's not about what happens to that person, it's about how much movement you're doing. A person normally getting involved in a fight, struggling and all this stuff, what the If there's a person who literally is able to just do a Spock move and just press him on the shoulder, on the ear, like that, then I'm down for that behaviour, all of that. It doesn't matter what happens to him. That's what I want to say. It's about the movements you make. If you can minimal movement decapacit... decapacit... what? Incapacity. Incapacitate. I thought it wasn't decapitate. <laughs> Incapacitate. Okay. It felt, it felt wrong. I was teaching protect this house. You know, for the longest time the protect this house it had capital punishment in the in the in the kids section. And I was on Paris. I taught it yeah, in Cardiff and in Ireland. And I kept checking the page. It, I'm not joking. We taught that for thirty cities, the need for four years, and in the book it says it is allowed in Islam capital punishment with children. <laughs> and uh, I wrote that and I forgot about the word I just got mixed up between corporal and capital anyway so yeah that's allowed yeah yes outside though yeah absolutely absolutely even more so in actual fact this is why the hadith is so strict You've gone to all that effort to make it clear, listen, you want to walk, there's the line, there's my bag, there's my cushion, knock yourself out. And they then still walk in between you, which is like a three-foot space in a whole area. They genuinely deserve beats, which is why they are to be fought. That's why they are stopped once, stopped twice, and then a third time, they are pulled to the ground, pushed away violently, or something like that. That's what the hadith indicates. So no, they must never come, come in, in front of you once you've placed your thing down. In a what? Yep. Yep. So I want you to know that the rule of pushing someone away who cuts you, who comes in front of you when you're praying by yourself is a rule regardless of whether there's a sutra there or not. The, taking the sutra covers you more though and covers them more. But technically speaking it is their problem to know that you're not allowed to cut across a person, whether they see the sutra or not. But that's one of the but we're not praying to try and find excuses to fight people, which is why you put the sutra there so that you help, you know, your brother or your sister whilst helping yourself and having no drama in the prayer that's the aim isn't it yep right Solange is like I don't know what's happened to Solange I don't know she's just, she just she's just dropped the tea or something have we answered the questions if you pray by yourself come down Lala honestly you're just rubbish today you are full on rubbish today if you pray by yourself is it sunnah to use a sutra you had full chicken last night I don't understand Why were, it's not like you got no calories you mentioned The reasoning Is for well, Listen Don't laugh The guy had 700 calories In two days Think about that For a second I don't know A daily intake Is two and a half thousand calories Five thousand over two days The guy had 700 That's why he makes These mistakes it's not, good, man. it's not good man Tell the guy Literally there's nothing left Look at him There's nothing left He's literally become <coughs> Close plug No we're not wrapping up at all Okay Don't mess with me next time You understand Full best Things going to happen then to work Yeah Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you, Allah The question is Which one? Allah If you pray by yourself Is it sunnah to use a sutra? You mentioned the reasoning Is possible so people Don't cut you in your prayer And that's what you be rewarded Absolutely Absolutely I want you to be Very very clear that the cutting of the prayer is not the only reason Which is why, as we, or maybe you came late We went through the different wisdoms of the uh, 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 sutra I didn't say you can't pray I don't say it's haram I think you should avoid praying towards a door that is shiny Or a TV, for example Which is often there's a reflection of you Directly, directly um, And the kid, yeah, we'll talk about that next week All right Jazakumullah khair, subhanakallahumma bihamdika Ashhadu ilaha illa anta wa Allahumma sorry uh, uh uh yeah there's chocolates guys there's lots <laughs> guys uh um, I think amelia come take this and uh oh actually come and take this uh, Ilmfest, guys Ilmfest. okay so saturday um uh saturday uh this saturday is in london for those who are in london and on birmingham uh uh on the sunday and uh, i can see that manchester university has uh, invaded as well so they can have their events as well look at their website They've got some dodgy events going on as well.